guys, welcome back to Talking Me TK. I'm your host, Tristan Cannell. Episode 52 of the podcast, and we've got one of cricket's rising stars, Hilden Cartwright. Hilden plays his Shield cricket for WA. He's also a member of the very successful 2020 team, the Perth Scorchers. It's been a huge year for Hilton. He made his international debut at both Test and One Day International level. He made his debut in the Test level against last January against Pakistan in Sydney. Well, he also toured the latest tour to Bangladesh with the Test team playing the second Test and also made his one-day debut against India in India. So he's had quite the 2017, so it's going to be great to catch up with Hilden. Before we get him on the show, today's episode is presented by Populous. Check out their Master the Art of Sales event coming in 2018, which will be presented by Tom Hopkins, the number one sales trainer in the world. So visit their website, www.populous.com.au slash sales-mastery. It's an event not to be missed. I'll also have them in the show notes, so please check out their site. If you haven't yet, please, if you can, help me spread the word a little bit about the show. If you could tell your family and friends, post on any social medias, and also tag me in anything. On Twitter, you can connect with me, at Talking With TK. That's my handle on Facebook, or you'll find me also on Instagram at Tristan Nell. Facebook personal page is Tristan Cannell, which is also my LinkedIn. If you have any suggestions or guest requests, please send anything through at Tristan at TalkingWithTK.com pretty easy to find the show if you've got access to itunes via your phone or on your desktop you can simply subscribe for free via that or you can also leave me a five-star review if you do have a little bit of time the podcast is also available via stitcher or the easiest way for everyone is probably to check out the website www.talkingwithtk.com it's got all the show notes and episode guides so please check all of that out Okay, guys, really pleased to bring this episode to you. So here is episode 52 with Hilton Cartwright. All right, guys, my special guest is Hilton Cartwright. Hilton is an Australia cricketer who plays state cricket for WA and then a big bash he plays for the Perth Scorchers. In 2017, he made his international debut in both Test Match and One Day International Cricket for Australia. And I welcome to the podcast, Hilton Cartwright. Hilton, welcome to the show, buddy. Hey, Tristan. Nice to to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Nah, thanks for stopping by, bud. Well, 2017, we're nearly at the end of it, but you've had an absolutely sensational year when you consider you've made two international debuts in both Test and One Day International Cricket. Your form in the Sheffield Shield last season and then coming into this season was very, very good. And then on top of that, you won with the Perth Scorchers. Take us through a little bit of 2017, Hilton. Yeah, it's been, yeah, it's been a pretty... Uh, it's, I, I know a lot of people say it, but it's definitely been a, a fair roller coaster. I think at the start of last season, I was just sort of looking to cement my spot with the WA team. Um, and then it ended up being... You know, I ended up getting called up to the test squad for the Boxing Day test match, which was never in my expectations. Um, and then to play the test after that was, was again, not in one of my expectations and yeah. not really in my sights. So uh, to go from, yeah, just trying to cement a spot in the, in the WA team to then trying to cement a spot in the, in the Australian team definitely changed, changed my views and, and changed my goals, certainly. Yeah, you know, you just spoke about literally when you first got picked there was just no expectations. And, you know, the leading into the Ashes, like your name was getting brought up because obviously you're one of the best players in this country. 
Was it a lot easier back then when there was like zero expectations on you? Yeah, I think it's always when when no one really knows you as well. Um, as soon as you start doing well, I think you get to notice quite quickly, um, and people don't sort of notice the failures as much. But I think when you when a few more people know you, they know they understand when you're doing well as long as well as doing poorly. I think if you look at someone like um, like David Warner or or Sean Marsh, you'll do really really well one game, um, and then you might have a poor game, and people notice it straight away just because they recognise the name. So I think. For me, that's been a challenge to um, to put all the sort of negativity behind me in the media or whatever, whatever it's been to continue to perform well and um, and keep putting my name up there. Yeah, it must be pleasing though to see some of your your WA teammates doing quite well. You know, you just mentioned Marsh boys. You know, Mitch Marsh had an absolute breakout day on Saturday. How, like, in terms of the bonding between the WA boys, are you quite a tight knit sort of squad? I think compared to all other squads, I'd say we, I mean, it's obviously a very biased opinion, but I'd say we are the tightest in the squad. Mm. Um, I think with, with a leader like Mitch Marsh this year, especially, um, just just the way he goes about things is very group oriented. He's a very social guy. He, he always likes catching up with his schoolmates, always catches up with, with people outside of, inside and outside of cricket. So I think naturally our, our team is like that, but as soon as you get a leader like him taking a group of sort of 24 year olds, um, so 24, 24 males. It's gonna, it's gonna affect the, the team dynamic for sure. Yeah, Hilden. You know, you've been batting a lot of number three this year and pretty much not bowling much at all. Was that something that is that by design? Something that you picked out in the off season that you really wanted to focus on your batting? Uh, no, not, not particular. I think if I'm going to get picked for Australia, it's going to be for my batting. So for me, that's obviously going to be the, the forefront of my focus, but. Um, my, my bowling's still there. It's just we've also got the addition of Marcus Stoinis in the team bowling. He's a, he's a quality all-rounder. And with Mitch back bowling as well, um, sort of rocked a few overs for me. But to be honest, if I'm making runs, I'm, I'm going to be happy. If I get a bowl, whether it's one over or 15 overs, I'll be pretty happy to try and contribute. So, yeah, like I said, for me to be um, to get picked in the Aussie team, it's just going to be um, a, a, a whole heap of runs. Yeah, you know, you spoke about the close-knit nature of the, the WA boys. What sort of influence has someone like Justin Langer had? Because he was one of our greatest ever openers, and by all accounts, he's he's making quite a fist of it on the coaching front as well. I think he's he turned a lot of careers around. Um, I think he had a huge influence on on Adam Bogers' career and also Sean Marsh's career. I think the, his work ethic really um, really influenced the younger guys as well, like myself, Sam Whiteman. Um, and, and I mean, it goes through the whole squad. Even now, all the young guys going through see what sees what JL has to do through through a day, and, and makes them realise how hard first class cricket is, but also how much you've got to work to be a an international superstar like he was for Australia for so long. Mm. In terms of you know, your season is kind of all over the place. You know, you started with the one day series, and then you you played several games at Sheffield Shield, and then you kick off this week with the Big Bash. Does that throw you guys off at all or is, is that just something that you're just used to it now? No, I think it's um, one of the things in cricket because there's three different formats of the game you just got to learn the way of becoming adaptable to whatever whatever type of game you're going to be playing I think it, it is difficult when you're a bit younger and, and trying to learn how to adapt I think a lot of I'm definitely going through that at the moment to try and work out how my game fits around um, you know playing playing test match or shield cricket Mm. then transferring straight into, into Clue 20 cricket. But I think every year that goes by, 
that transition period definitely gets shorter and shorter and um, and then you get guys like Michael Klinger who can basically do it at the flick of a switch. So I think that just comes through experience and, and, and the exposure you get, whether it's through the international stage or whether it's just through your, your BBL franchises and, and your, your state teams. Yeah, Hilda, how many, just off the top of your head, how many of the boys from the WA Shield team actually then play into the Perth Scorchers? Because... Your record at, at Big Bash, you've won the most ch- championships. I think it was three championships out of six, I think it is, and obviously your, your favourites for this year as well. I think off, off the top of my head, I was just trying to go through it now. I reckon we've got, um, I think it's 15 or 16 out of the 19 players that we've got contracted uh, from WA or, or are born and bred in WA. So I think that definitely has an influence having that, um, that transfer of of our program and with the Western Warriors into the Perth Scorchers um, and, and knowing that JL is leading both of those I think has a massive impact on the way guys perform um, across all boards. Yeah, I know it's only, you know, 20 overs a side, but can you talk to us a little bit about the demands of travel and how much of an impact that has on your body? I think for, for the fast spot, for me it's not too bad just because I'm not running in off, off 35 yards from the bowl the ball as fast as possible, but I think for a lot of the fast bowlers, the travel definitely gets to them with their, and if they're bowling during training and bowling in games and having to sit down for sort of four or five hours and a flight back from Perth, um, it definitely takes a toll on, on their bodies, but we've got amazing um, strength and conditioning coaches and, and amazing physios who do a really good job of keeping all the guys in the park and, um, and keeping nice and fit and, and nice and loose, so when they do need to play, they're not, not too stiff and, and not too sore. Yeah, Hilda, I just want to take you back to the start because, you know, originally you were born in, in Zimbabwe and you came over here when you were 11. And I've got some mates that, you know, have come over from South Africa before 11 and they still have their accents. How did you lose yours? Well, it's a funny story, that because when I first came over, I sort of just became friends with a group of cricketers and I, they kept teasing me about my accent. So all I wanted to do was get rid of it, so... As, as soon as I could, I, I started taking up the Aussie swing and, and really getting used to speaking like Australians do and just so I didn't get teased about in school. <laughs> Did you play cricket over in Zimbabwe? Yeah, I played from, from as early as I can remember. I was playing, I reckon we would have been year one or year two. Uh, we would have been out on the out on the turf wickets, running and bowling and, and, and batting as well. It was, I've had too many memories, but I can certainly remember um, playing down on some on some postage stamps over in over in Zim. Yeah, do you still have family over there? Uh, yeah, my, my grandparents, my mum, my mum's side, uh, they still live in Harare, um, and then uh, some cousins and, and other grandparents have moved to Safka and Johannesburg and, and Cape Town. Yeah, have you kind of had a look at the calendar for maybe is are Australia allowed to tour over to Zimbabwe still? Yeah, I think they've actually got a, um, a tour planned. Um, I think it's post the South African Test Series, or um, I'm sure there's definitely a tour there in, in the next 12 months. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head when it is, but there, there certainly is, I think, like another Tri-Series and maybe even a, a Test match um, in Harare. Yeah, did you, have you ever given thought of you know playing back in the, the country of your birth? Yeah, I, I did think, I thought about it when I was a bit younger, um, but I think once I sort of got, like, got the drive for a um, baggy green, I think that really changed my perspective on um, 
on who I wanted to play for and, and, and where I wanted to play the, the life of my cricket, I guess. And since that day, um, it's, it's always been for the, for the green and gold. Yeah, you know, you just mentioned Baggy Green. Obviously, it's a, an important fact to you. How was it when, you know, you had Tom Moody, one of the WA greats, presenting it to you and Sydney? Like, take us through that moment. I mean, it's, I get asked that question. I think a lot of people who play for Australia get asked that question quite a lot. And it's, it's a hard one to describe because it's sort of as, as you're standing there in the group huddle, everything kind of begins to go, not, well, not blurry, but it seems to go really, really quickly. And Moods was, he was saying a whole heap of things. I remember his baggy number was, was 348 and, um, he said he said a whole heap of nice words, but the biggest thing I remember was him saying "Welcome to the Brotherhood." So mm. To me, to so I mean, to get that baggy green um, is one thing, but then to have a, a past player to sort of welcome you into the club, I guess, makes you feel uh, a bit more special uh, and a bit more um, grateful for for what you're going into. Yeah, you know, you were in the squad for the Boxing Day Test, so you knew that you were close. Mm. At what stage did you find out that you would be playing in Sydney? Uh, so we had a net session the, I think it was the day before, um, the day before we, no, sorry, it was two days before and we we're having our main training session with all the bowls running in and, uh, Greg Chappell just called me over and, uh, he said, don't make a big song and dance about it, mate, but you're going to be playing this test. And <laughs> all I want to do is like give him a hug and, and just sort of go over to the boys and, and, and let Ash, or Ash Agar especially kept asking me because he was in the squad as well and, um, all I wanted to do was go over there and um, give him a big hug, but yeah, because there was cameras everywhere, I couldn't couldn't quite do that. <laughs> um, and as soon as we walked behind closed doors, um, I just remember Ash walking through the um, the old SCG pavilion. He had about three bats and all sorts of gloves all over me. Just dropped everything on the floor and gave me a big hug. So it was a it was an awesome feeling. Yeah, what was it like a couple of days before? Did you kind of play the entire test in your mind? difference from Sheffield Shield into the test matches? Is it the speed of the bowlers? Is it just the class of the players around you? What did you notice? I think it's just the, um, just, I mean, the bowlers don't bowl much faster. I think it's just the class that they present themselves at when they're on the ground. I mean, yeah. when you're facing the bowlers, they, they give you one every sort of 14 balls to hit, and if you miss out, you've got to wait another 14 balls, whereas in Shield cricket, you can face, you can definitely have phases of that. But I think the, the standard over a whole day's play is, 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 yeah, is as good as you'll ever get. Um, and even when you're bowling to certain players, I mean, they give you absolutely nothing to get them out. Um, and, and when they do, you've really got to take that opportunity to, to either catch it or take the run out. It's such a fine line between missing out on an opportunity and, and grabbing that Guys, we hope you're enjoying the chat with Hilton. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to the show via iTunes or Stitcher or all the show notes and episode guides can be reached 
at www.talkingwithtk.com. If you're into your cricket, plenty of episodes for you to check out. We've had the likes of Steve Waugh, Damian Fleming, Brad Haddon, Merv Hughes, John Buchanan, and Greg Chappell all make appearances on the show. So please go in, check those episodes out. Let me know what you think. Send me a quick email at tristan at talkingwithtk.com or you can connect with me on all the different social media channels. Okay, guys, let's get straight back into it with our chat with Hilton. Yeah, once the test was done, did you did you have a bit of a sit down with the likes of Steve Smith and, and Darren Lehman and really analyse what happened in the test and maybe some pointers that for you to, to you know take home and bring into the Shield season as well? Yeah, so a few, a few days after that, um, we... we got like a, I, I spoke to spoke to the coach and I'd spoken to the skipper after the game about, um, or I spoke to him after the Boxing Day test as well as the Sydney test, just about all sorts of different things about what he does and, and what guys around him have done to perform at, at that level and uh, I think Darren, Darren Lee is very good at just sort of putting a real game sense on, on training scenarios, so I mean yeah. when you're at training he, you know, you're working on bits and pieces and then he really asks you how you're going to Involve that in a, in a game sense. I think that's that's a really good way that I've approached my training now. Is, is using my training with the Warriors and try to work that into how I'm going to use that in a game. Yeah, Hilton, is it true that you didn't make your under 19s team and you had to kind of chip away at grey cricket to continue to progress your career? Yeah, I, I made my under 19 state team, and I was actually at a tipping point there where I thought about giving cricket up just because I couldn't. I couldn't buy a run, I couldn't take a wicket, I was just having a shocking time of it. Yeah. I think I played a year of second grade and then um, thankfully I, I got called up for whatever reason it was into the our first grade 2020 side, um, made a few runs and found a bit more enjoyment in the game and from then on I just sort of kept kept making runs and, and kept working my way, way up the chain. Yeah, what about now, now you've got so much experience under your belt, when you do have a bad game, just say you, you score a couple of bad bad innings, what what sort of things do you go back to? I think it's the biggest thing I learned um, from going from where I was to where I've, where I've what I've done the last year is or can, just trusting your game and trusting you know what you've been training for has been right. I think the biggest gremlin in my mind was I wasn't trusting that I, what I was doing was, was the right way of doing things. I was always doubting myself. Yeah. Um, and last year I reached a tipping point of where I just went out there and I thought, like, bugger it, I'm just going to go out there, play how I play, and if it works, you know, it works, and that's me, and if it doesn't, then it's not meant to be, and I think that's the, the approach I've had over the last 12 to 24 months, and, and my whole game, and so it's completely turned around. Yeah, you're playing absolutely brilliantly, man. Talk to me a little bit about uh, touring Bangladesh and India. Was that the first time at any level that you would have been over there to play? I've been over to India um, a couple of times with, when the Champions League was, was still going okay. uh, for, the, for the T20 competition. Um, I think the wickets that we played on then were, were pretty similar to the ones that we had in, in India um, for the one-day competition. So I've been over there and experienced a little bit of that sort of side of things. But in Bangladesh, the biggest thing I noticed was the, the heat and the, the extreme heat that we, we encountered. Um, but I think, yeah, trying to work your way through bowling or, or work your way through batting um, is is so hard to experience in that in those conditions and to concentrate for as long as some guys had to over that tour. I uh, sort of had it was a bit of an eye opener, not only for me but 
think a few of the other younger guys like Matt Renshaw and, and, and young Spinner Mitchell sweeps in as well. Was that the first time you'd ever kind of seen, apart from sort of big bash stuff, that you know they would open the bowling with, with spinners? Sorry, so you broke up there for a second. Sorry, buddy. I was saying, was that the first time that you'd ever seen a team, apart from big bash sort of cricket, open up with a spinner? India do it. It's the first time I've been involved in a team that's done it. Um, but I think the way that Nathan Lyon's been bowling at the moment, it's, it's no surprise to me that he was completely capable of doing it. I mean, he's, he was every chance of, of getting a wicket than, than a fast bowler was. So I think you may as well use that to your advantage yeah. and use the harder ball and those conditions to, to be able to get a wicket. Definitely. All right, Heldon, just to wrap things up, I've got a, just a couple of personality questions for you. What's your favourite, yeah. apart from the whacker? What's your favourite ground to play at locally and then any ground that you've played at overseas? Uh, locally, I'm probably going to say the Gabba, just because it's very similar to the Wacker. Okay. Um, and then overseas, gee, I've got, got many to pick from. Um, <laughs> you will soon, I'm, prob- <laughs> I'm probably going to have to go... I'm going to have to go to uh, Chittagong just because it's a fair, like first test match off home soil and um, it was just a, like a great experience to, to play in those conditions, yeah. Yeah, actually one question before we move on, you know, you played a couple of the one days in India, how intense was the crowd over there? I think it's it's a weird one because they, they just, they love their cricket so much and you can just see their passion when they're, like, I mean, no matter what happens, wicket, 6-4, or whatever happens, Midfield, they just cheer no matter what. And yeah. I remember, I remember sitting on the boundary line with uh, Glenn Maxwell, and all you could hear were, were a bunch of guys in the crowd just yelling out, Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell. <laughs> and then he'd turn around, give them a wave, and they'd cheer, and then he'd turn back around, and they'd start saying, Maxwell, Maxwell, Maxwell. And he'd turn around, wave, and they'd cheer again. Like, they just, they just love, they see cricketers as these, these gods. The really, yeah. like that, all they want to do is just get some form of, whether it's a wave or not, any form of acknowledgement, it just makes their day. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, we're going to take you back to your childhood, mate. What posters did you have on your bedroom wall growing up? Uh, I, had, I had a big poster of Johnson Rhodes. Uh, for me, he's, he's, my, he's, he's my idol since I've been a young young guy. Just, I love the way he fielded, the way he batted, and he, he bowled a bit. Uh, it, was, it was a toss-up between um, him on my, on my, my sort of or as he walked in, or, or sometimes if, he, if Johnny wasn't making any runs or getting any run outs, I had Jack Cummins up there as well. Dead set, if you had one bloke to throw at the stumps for your life, you'd dead set pick him, wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't know. He wasn't a great. I, I, I want to pick him, but he wasn't as good a hitter as Ricky Ponting was. Ricky Ponting, yeah. I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably have to pick Ricky Ponting just because just Johnny was, was never that well known for his big directed run outs. Who else was pretty good? Clark was Clarky pretty. He was pretty good too, wasn't he? On Clark, Clark, yeah, Clark was good. He was very good as well. He was exceptional on like days when he was standing at back point. He'd always throw the stumps down at the at the non-strikers end. Yeah, definitely. All right, Hilton. Final question: You're going to be hosting a private dinner party. You've got five invites now. Only rules: no family or friends, but you can be, invite anyone, dead or alive. Who would you like to invite? Oh, I'd probably go Tiger Woods. He's back. Kelly Slater. Uh, John T. Rhodes. Uh, or who else am I going to pick here? Probably go Mick Fanning because he seems like a legend. Yeah, do you surf a little bit? Sorry? 
yeah, I'll surf a little bit, not a whole heap. Um, just just rack up the coop numbers down at Trick Beach on a, on a weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, who else am I going to go? Uh, a fifth member, fifth member of my my dinner party. I'm probably going to go um, Steve Jobs. There you go. You write, yeah. Did you read his I, book I, on that? No, not really in my books. I just think it would be interesting to, to hear his story, of it, like how he, how, how he went about creating Apple. Yeah, I'd like to hear it from his perspective because yeah. I keep hearing it from like other people's interpretations of him, but it's like, it'd be interesting yeah, to hear I mean. his, yeah. It's, like it, it's almost like a, there's sort of one side of a story, but then there's all these like, not conspiracy theories, but theories that he was being undermined by, by yeah. Apple as a, as a whole, yeah. So yeah, I think that's, that's a very interesting pick actually, man. That's a good one. All right, Hilton, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Before I let you leave, everyone get following Hilton. He's on Instagram. He's at hcartwright149. I think that's right, isn't it, Hilton? Yeah, that's me. That's yeah. me, mate. Is that the social media that you, you usually use, just the Instagram? Yeah, that, that'd be my, my number one. My Twitter's a bit dead. I get on there every now and again, but my Instagram's my, my go-to. All right. Well, definitely everyone get following Hilton. Show him some support. And Hilton, all the best for the, well, there's only a couple of weeks of 2017 left, but hopefully you get picked in some of those international teams and all the best of luck for the Big Bash too, buddy. Thanks, Tristan. Thanks a lot for having me, mate. Now, guys, we hope you enjoyed the chat with Hilton Cartwright. I really enjoyed bringing that to you. I think we'll see plenty of him really firing it up in the Big Bash over the summer, let's hope that he also makes some of those one-day international teams. I think he's a very special talent, and when he gets his opportunity again in the test and also that one-day environment, let's hope he takes it with two hands because, like I said, he is an extremely good player. To think that he bats at number three and also a very handy medium pace, a very good fielder as well. So it's going to be great just to follow his progress. So do connect with him, follow his Instagram, and show him a little bit of support. Okay, guys, to round off the year, we've got a couple of episodes next week. Rising superstar of boxing, Nathaniel Cheeky May. He absolutely tore it up on the Jeff Horn undercard last week. So look out for his story. And we're also going to be checking in with Bo Robinson. Bo used to play at the Queensland Red and the New South Wales Waratahs. One time, he is also capped at international level with the Wallabies. He's got a special story. He is very, you know, he's just a very good storyteller. He's a country boy, so he just comes across really, really well. So I think you're really going to enjoy the episode with Bo. Also, I recorded this week with marathon legend Steve Monaghetti, Ryan Hipwood, the big wave surfer, as well as a couple of legends from league in Rennie Matua and Paul Fatawira, and also Archie Thompson from the Melbourne Victory. So I've been pretty busy this week recording as many as I can before the New Year's and we'll bring all those episodes to you in 2018. Okay, guys, well, if I don't speak to any of you before Christmas, have a great Christmas and I'll be back next week before the New Year's, but stay safe over Christmas and enjoy your family's company. Wishing you best and we will chat soon.